You are listening to the Intangibles podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Intangibles podcast. I'm here with a couple of the buddies again, and we're about to talk about how to properly present what to do, what not to do. We're going to give you a few examples, and we're going to dive right in. Stefan, you want to cue that clip? Yeah, sure. So uh, first clip that we're looking at uh, is going to be a Microsoft presentation. Uh, I think it was Steve Ballmer. Um, It's pretty funny, so let's give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Ballmer! So obviously our, <laughs> our friend Steve had a very good time um, and he revved up the crowd. I liked it. You liked it? <laughs> I thought Ray would like that. The dude's a maniac. Um, so, so Steve came out shouting at the top of his lungs and, and some people, well, Ray liked it. So some people did uh, find it entertaining, but for the most part, he was, uh, he was criticized a bit for being unprofessional and it was, it was something of a joke uh, that people made of him. So, Using this as an example of what maybe you shouldn't do, um, do you guys have any thoughts on how to present or open your presentation well? You know, you know what? I think even though he got a lot of flack for it, um, I kind of understand where he was coming from. I feel like when you're starting a meeting and, and you know we're all in the finance field, accounting, sometimes those meetings can be a little dull. You want to kind of grab everyone's attention. And how do you grab everyone's attention? That's sort of the question, I guess, right? You start a meeting off. You're in front of a room full of people. You either have a one-liner that's really going to go, whoa, hey, that, what is he going to talk about? Like, th- this actually sounds interesting in, in, in a time where I really don't care about this meeting. Think of you're coming to the meeting. You're a staff at a company, and you really don't want to be there. And that happens. But you really want the, the presenter to come to the meeting, grab your attention, and really take it from there. So, right? so you run with the humor card. I like the humor <laughs> card. I, I think it really, you know, it gets the room starting on a, on a high level. Um, everyone's intrigued. And, and if, you're, if you come in boring and then the rest of the meeting is boring, then really no one's going to take anything from the meeting. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm a little like Ray. I do use a little bit of humor at the, the front end. Um, but I, I try to keep, you know, I, I, I like bomber, but I, I'd keep my energy a little down. You want to be, look like you're energized and excited about what you're going to present. Just not over the top. That's probably what I would say. <laughs> so I'm, I'm laughing here because I'm reading the comments to the YouTube video and, uh, someone said he was so excited because windows hadn't crashed all week. <laughs> 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 so maybe, maybe that was it. <laughs> oh man. What year was that video? I think it was 98. You know, here, here's my thing. I think when you start a meeting, you obviously want to get an agenda out to everyone that's going to be attending the meeting. Um, so everyone is prepared for what you're going to talk about. I think you want to grab their attention, but depending on the scope of the meeting, if you have a meeting with your staff, 
you're going to obviously start it out in a different way compared to a meeting with the entire company talking about the results. Um, so really and truly depends on the type of meeting. So Stefan, if you're in a meeting with your staff, how would you start that meeting off? Well, I think like, I think it meetings need to be natural to an extent. And I think somebody could pull this off if you're the right person to do it. Yeah. You could go on stage and you could yell, but you got to be the right person to do it. And I think like the issue I have with this is it seems extremely unnatural. Like yeah. he's not the right person to be running yeah. on stage, screaming at the top of his lungs. Um, to answer your question, like if I was to have a presentation with my team, I think uh, the way I would do it is like just be natural. So I'm just straight up and honest uh, with my team. So I'd say let them know what the meeting is going to be about before I meet with them um, and keep it on topic and keep it on point. I just, yeah. But I think it's all about being natural. Like people could pull this off. Comfortable, right? Yeah, like, yeah. comfortable and natural. Yeah. Yeah, me, um, me personally, we, we actually, something fun to start our meetings off, we put down kind of anything special that's happening in the month because we have like monthly accounting meetings. So birthdays, uh, work anniversaries, and we kind of go through that. Maybe we might have some snacks. We'll kind of start the meeting off, ask people, you know. See why. How, how are things counting yeah. meetings? <laughs> how, how are things going? Yeah, we have snacks. <laughs> we do all that sort of stuff. Um, people bake. Um, things like that just to like – Keep the endorphins going. Is that the right word? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. I want to join your meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Raise meetings. 30 minutes in, you haven't even started. You're just eating stuff. <laughs> what do you think, Nick? Have you, have you, haven't you gone to a meeting and you're just like, I don't want to be here? Yeah, it happens all the time. Um, in my company, generally, the VPs and directors are pretty charismatic and they could do a good job and leading off the meeting and you know with a joke and you know talking about something that happened in the sports world or some recent events kind of build that in so it's usually usually gets me listening even though I don't want to be there (laughs) but I find it about like it can't it can't be fake though that that's the absolute worst thing or that's what catches me right away if someone's trying to like let's say you read a news article online and then some big news article saying the right way to hold meetings now is to have stand-up meetings. And then somebody will read that and they'll try to copy it. So you'll be like, okay, team, now we're going to have a stand-up Incidentally, meeting. Incidentally, that's supposedly what? very effective. <laughs> it's a stand-up meeting where everyone just stands around? You stand yeah. up because you get tired, keeps, no? like, people want to no, get out of there. They don't want to sit down. So <laughs> you're right, Stefan. So evidently, um, if you have a stand-up meeting, your meetings ev- become shorter. And people, because I guess they have to stand and they, they feel like they're more comfortable presenting or giving their thoughts and ideas and they want to get up and get out of there. Right. So they, they do it faster. I don't, I, I assume that's it, but I've heard many a time that a stand up meeting does increase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there are people like that do walking meetings, yeah. but I mean, that's... but I find like it comes down to being, for me, it comes down to being natural. So yeah. like, or I find somebody's like, you have to break the ice or you have to say a joke in the first five meeting or first couple minutes of having a meeting. And I find if it's very forced and you go in there be like, Okay, guys, let's everyone break the ice for five minutes. It's, it's really awkward. Yeah. Just, yeah, we all know those that. horrible icebreakers. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so should we move on to the next one? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which one are we doing here? The uh, uh, astronomer? Our, our, or, yeah, our technology friend. Yeah. Awesome. So this is a TED Talk. 
I am delighted to be here. I'm honored to, uh, by the invitation, and, and thanks. I would love to talk about stuff that I'm interested in, but unfortunately, I suspect that what I'm interested in won't interest many other people. Um, first off, uh, my badge says I'm an astronomer. I would love to talk about my astronomy, but I suspect that the number of people who are interested in radiative transfer in non-gray atmospheres and polarization of light in Jupiter's upper atmosphere, you know, the number of people would fit into a butt shelter. So I'm not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> Uh, it would be just as much fun to talk about some stuff that happened in 1986 and 1987 when a computer hacker was breaking into our, our systems over at Lawrence Berkeley Labs, and, and I caught the guys, and they turned out to be working for what was then the Soviet KGB and stealing information and selling it. And, and I'd love to talk about that, and it'd be fun, but 20, year, 20 years later, um, I find computer security, frankly, to be kind of boring. It's so, uh... What's I, he gonna talk about? <laughs> <laughs> so I, still I think, <laughs> yeah, I think if we go back to this, I mean, he had a, an energetic. He got a couple laughs too with with the start. But yeah. if you actually listen to this TED talk, uh, very intelligent and interesting person. But after more than two minutes of speaking, he's told you not uh, what he's going to talk about, but everything he is not going to talk about. Um, so I, I, I would argue I, after the first minute, you're probably out of the intro and into your actual meeting now. Right. So what, what can we say? And this is an example of what not to do, obviously. So what can we say is, is something that you should do or. I, mean, I think, I think it did a good job by, you know, putting in some interesting stories and a couple of jokes in there, but he did way too many before we actually got to his actual point. Yeah. So, I mean, you can lead off with maybe one or two, but then you have to kind of explain to people why they're there and why it's worth listening to. Yeah. So I got to be honest, I never even got to the point. <laughs> 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 I think it hit like two and a half minutes in and I just stopped it. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what he's actually talking about. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like um, I recently did an, uh, an interview sort of course and the presenter he sort of start, started off telling us a little bit about himself. And he said one of his big things to get a room engaged in him is to show his vulnerability. So to really make himself vulnerable and to the group so people would not only just look at him as a presenter but understand him as a person. And I feel like even though that guy failed at that, he sort of told you a little bit about himself while making those jokes that kind of got the room in his world, right? And got them to kind of focus on who he is as a person, which probably helped him later on in the presentation, so I, right? I think you read that really well. So again, like if, if you go through all the comments on here, it's like, this guy is awesome. He's like the nice version of Rick from Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get this dude for the Back to the Future remake. <laughs> uh, world needs more people like Cliff. Um, I, I think you read that well. Like it seems like everybody's falling in love with the guy, even though... You have no idea what he's talking yeah. about. So we don't know what he's selling, but we like him. Yeah. We like him. Um, Good personality, but probably not a very efficient meeting. Because if you think about it, right, really when you're in a, a presentation or a meeting, it takes a lot to be the person at the front of the room talking. Because you have, if some, if even that one person looks away or is not paying attention to you or rolls their eyes, you you know how many meetings I've had where people roll their eyes when I'm saying something? We, we do it all the time on the podcast. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. I've done but, this five times, right? <laughs> and, and Justin, have you ever had that happen to you in a meeting? 
people roll their eyes at roll me? Roll their eyes or just maybe they're not focusing. Ray, I or... present perfectly. No one has <laughs> rolled their eyes at me. <laughs> but you're never going to present something that's really everyone in the room agrees with, right? So, and if you're, especially if you're in a meeting with employees and you're talking about things that they maybe aren't doing correctly, um, there are going to be times where, where people are upset. And dealing with those tough times as a presenter, it gets difficult. But if they understand your vulnerability and understand where you're coming from, then they'll be more inclined to listen to you and not be against you in the meeting. It's kind of funny. We're like going to be talking about what not to do during a presentation. I think we just flipped it over here. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe it's something good. I actually, I agree with your point, Ray, but I think one of the, the other challenges and I agree, you know, some people might disagree, but it's keeping people engaged, right? Like most people drift off in the presentation. They, I, I know they've done lots of studies where people are just like, they don't take in anything. Um, so for me, I know one of my big things is trying to keep it to three points, right? I only ever try to present three points, three in key meeting. points. Yeah, that's it. Every meeting is there at, at most, I should say at most, right? It could really? be one, it could be one, but wow. there are three key things I want you to walk away with. If I get to five and you're probably going to remember the last one and then everything else is going to be out the window. Right. Um, and, and getting it, I know Nick, you and I were kind of talking about this. Why, why do you want to be there? Right? Like if, if I'm presenting to you, um, you don't want to be telling someone about something they don't care about. Right. Like, yeah, for sure. If you want somebody to listen, they need to know why it's important for them to listen. And if you don't get that across, then you're, they're not going to be paying attention through that whole meeting probably. Yeah. Even though it might you, it might be important to them, but you need to tell them why it is. Yeah, and explicitly, right? Like, yeah, you absolutely. Can't be, you can't be like, oh, here's the new ERP system and everything. <laughs> it's, it's like, here's the new ERP system that you will all use like in the next six months. And it's drastically different. You will do work differently and everyone's going to... Do you guys send that in advance, like before a meeting? Because I could see it going both ways. So but in that new ERP... Uh, I've one, never right? done that. I so if you send it. it in advance, you're like, hey guys, we're going to talk about this new ERP and you've never talked about it with your team before. Yeah. Everyone will freak out. Yeah. Um, so I usually I, don't make big <laughs> announcements in the agenda. Before the... Like, yeah, I'll say we're discussing a certain topic but I probably won't dive into what that topic is until the meeting. Yeah. Good call. I think that makes sense. And to that point Ray, I've used lots of meetings as, as the buy-in, right? Like I don't have the meeting because the answer is something I need to debate or figure out. I have the meeting so people can provide their thoughts and then I can get buy-in. Right. So, and maybe that leads into something else. So anyways, so that I think, We've all kind of covered the, that second one. All right. Yeah. So let's let's move on to our third and final uh, clip. So this is uh, Cadbury CEO doing an interview on Squawk Box, which is uh, CNBC. Meantime, the gum wars are erupting on Wall Street, also in the candy aisle. Brad Irwin is the North American president of Cadbury. He's the candy man, and he's here to talk to us about what uh, are some of the forces facing this industry right now. Brad, it's great to see you. Nice to see you. Thank you. All right. We've been talking about uh, cocoa prices, for one, how that's a a market where you've seen some huge price increases. We've been wondering uh, how that's been affecting you, cocoa prices, but also other commodities. What's that mean for for Cadbury's bottom line? Well, we're uh, full steam ahead on our business right now, and uh, things are going quite well. So uh, we're optimistic about the future. 
But what about commodity prices? They are increasing. How, how do you deal with some of those higher prices? Well, we, uh, as you say, one of the things we do is we innovate our products to improve them and offer better value. And one of the products we have now is uh, Trident Extra Care. Uh, like, like what things? If cocoa prices increase, let's say, by 75% over the course of the year, how, how do you uh, improve your margins when you're dealing with those costs? Well, I can't speculate on what, you know, cocoa prices may or may not do in the well, future. Well, that's, that's what they have done over the last year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so how do you deal with that? Well, the, uh, you know, what we try to do is to innovate our products, offer new products with better value. Just offer great, um, you just offer and, great uh, continue products. to grow our business. Just offer great products at reasonable prices that taste really good, Brad. Don't have any comments on anything <laughs> happening in, in the industry at large. Com can we ask you about competitors? Well, Is that a fair question, or, or we, we won't get an answer there either? All right. So, uh... Clearly, our friend <laughs> that made guy's a, couple a failure. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually was no longer the CEO of Cadbury in in one year. Um, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think uh, I think we could see what was happening. I, I if you listen to the whole clip, the uh, the people which are discussing or speaking to him actually even allude. They say, "Listen, man, you have talking points that you're trying to convey to us, and you need media training." Um, which is probably the worst thing that can possibly happen <laughs> when you're on CNBC. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, and you're the CEO of Cadbury. <laughs> so uh, any thoughts on how our friend could have done better or, uh, or any other thoughts on what he did wrong? I, I think it's maybe not even a talking issue. It might be a listening issue. Like it feels as though he did not even listen to what he was being asked. Um, I don't even know if he was purposely trying to avoid the question. It sounded like he didn't even hear the question. Yeah. He just kept repeating his talking points over and over again. You know what? A lot of the times these meetings are scripted, and he probably had a, a, a whole bunch of questions that he thought he was going to get, and maybe that interviewer went off the cuff on something, and he just was not prepared because he probably said before that talk, do not ask me about so-and-so and so-and-so. <laughs> so, you know. I guess this is a point to watch out for um, getting questions that you don't expect in a yeah. meeting. Have, have any of you guys ever dealt with that? Well, I, I kind of, if it was me, I would have my talking points. I'd know what I want to deliver. I think the gap or, or mistake he made was he didn't bring the connection between the question and his talking point. So I, he said at some point he started talking about gum and they were, they were just ribbing him on like cocoa prices. If it was me, I'd be like, oh yeah, I understand that cocoa prices are going up. Let me tell you about this great new gum line that doesn't use any cocoa that we're looking to launch. And it would feed very easily into his whole conversation about innovation and new products. He would get there and all the people would think, oh yeah, this is, that's the, the answer yeah. to the question I'm asking. Good right? idea, diversify. Yeah. But, and I think it's, it's taking, and, and don't get me wrong, I think this is incredibly hard to do, right? You have to think fast on your feet. But bringing your answer to that person's question is probably the easiest way to deal with hard, hard questions. When I say easiest, I mean the best way. It's not the easiest way. <laughs> uh, it's probably hard to do. Nick, did you, I know you had some thoughts on... Um, yeah, I mean, in a, in a business environment, if, if I've given a presentation or uh, I'm leading a meeting... Um, at the end, I usually leave time for any questions or um, if someone needs something clarified, I give them that opportunity. Um, 
but do you usually actually get questions from people? Uh, a lot of the time, no, because people, yeah. people just want to get out of never, there. <laughs> I never, whenever I go into a meeting, I always want feedback or I want people to talk during a meeting because I don't want to stand there for an hour just going on. But people never talk. Do, do any of you guys know how you incite discussion? No, you can't. It's, it's engagement, man. It's all, I've been on presentations where someone is putting together, I, I can recall under, we did the IFRS 16, right? I'm sitting on a presentation. There's people from all across the world listening to the implication of IFRS 16. Not a single question. I ask one, and the person's like, holy smoke, that is a really relevant point. How is it that there's 60 people involved? <laughs> but, and I, I argue, Ray, it's not the fault of the person People just don't want to ask a dumb do, question. Uh, so maybe that might think, be true. Do you think everyone's just waiting for someone else to ask the same question? It's possible, but <laughs> I think it's the the fault of the person who's presenting. Right? If your material is engaging and I'm listening and I'm I'm focused on what you're saying, I will pick up on something and ask a question. If it is mind-numbingly boring, like no one's, I didn't even know what you were talking about. Why would I ask a question about it? Right. Like, right. I've just, but it's funny after meetings, people seem to always, they, they email all the questions <laughs> that they have yeah. and you ask, do you have questions? So Nick, how do you deal with that? Not getting questions, like, well, not getting questions or is trying this, to is get this an questions. example of a tough I mean, question. <laughs> <laughs> I did it to Nick. <laughs> Let me go back to my talking points. <laughs> I know there's something like uh, me and my friends used to do in university all the time. So anytime we had presentations, we would go to friends in the class and give them questions to ask us at the end of the presentation oh, you'd that we them. already had prepared <laughs> answers for. Oh, man. Right? But I mean, it helps engagement. And like anybody else, whoever's I, grading you doesn't. And know I guess if one happens, person asks the question, then it starts. Other people start the roller coaster. Right? I was actually yeah, going right? to say it's that. Like, right? It may be just the you know the first messenger who comes up and then everyone's like oh it's okay like ray's not gonna head <laughs> i don't do that um, now by the way <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure you and, don't. and i know i think I, I did we cover that it was like if you don't know the answer don't pretend like you know the answer right yeah i mean there's a lot of situations where it just makes sense to say hey that's a good question let me look into that i'll get back to you after the meeting um it's probably better than trying to answer something on your feed and and butchering it and then you look like an idiot yeah right? totally You'll I'm, only look dumber if you give the wrong I mean, answer. in that situation, he obviously, that was like highlighted in his books. Do not talk about cocoa. We have no idea. We're Cadbury. We sell chocolate. Cocoa prices are going up. We can't talk about this. We're <laughs> poor, poor CEO Cadbury. Anyways. Okay. I think, uh, I think that covers all of our points. Unless, guys, you got anything left? No tank is empty. <laughs> no questions. <laughs> I, th I think one point I want to make, and I think Stefan has a different approach, is just in general, if, if you're giving a meeting or you're presenting something, just make sure that you really understand the material uh, in detail. You will definitely give a better presentation if you're confident that you really understand what you're presenting. If you try to wing it, I know personally, if I try to wing it, it usually doesn't go as well as it would if I actually had prepared. Mm -hmm. um, but I think Stefan's like the exact opposite. Yeah, I don't, uh, I'm always confident about what I'm going to talk about. I don't ever plan about what I'm talking about. I only just keep thinking at but the end like, of the day, what do I want to get across? But you and know, that's it. right? And I, 
Like, yeah, here's yeah but you, you know it, though. What I'm talking right, so you right, send an yeah. agenda out. Like, you have an agenda of topics to talk about. Or do you just uh, kind of go into a meeting? No, like, we'll do town hall meetings, and there's no agenda. We're just like, hey, like, company. So I know. Really? Yeah, one of the companies that I was at before, there were like two, 300 people in the meeting. And it would just be myself up at the front. And it's a town hall. And nobody has any idea what we're talking about. But you just I want to keep, go I keep hitting on this. You know, I know what everything. I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. So, and I think that leads back to what Nick's trying to say. Yeah. Though, right? I think it is in agreement with yeah. with what Nick said. I know. I think but it's, it's the style, right? It may be that. So, Nick, you may do the prep to make sure you know everything. I don't do the prep. You don't do any prep, <laughs> but you know. I know what I'm what you're talking here to talk about. about. Yeah. And I, I can see both. Like, so for me, I think it depends on what I'm talking about. So if I'm talking about accounting, like or team building or something that I'm really passionate about, I don't need any prep. Like, put me in front and I'll talk for like 10 minutes. But if someone gave me something that I'm not comfortable with, then I'm going to go back to you, Nick. I'm going to be like, let me read this, understand, right. communicate with people. So, but in either case, clearly you need to know <laughs> what you're talking about, which oddly enough makes so much sense. If I'm going to present something, I better know what I'm presenting, right? <laughs> yeah. No, for but sure. And especially if you get... You know, you might have a question period at the end, but if you get a question during and, you know, it's something's seemingly pretty basic and then you're kind of caught off guard, then yeah. it kind of doesn't bode well for the rest of the meeting. Okay. It's so, probably a lot more natural, too, if, you, if you're confident about what you're for talking sure. about. Sure. Like, you're not just reading points off. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I like the last point, the late edition that comes through. Um, so I think that's everything for us. So in conclusion, guys... We wanted really to walk you through how to go through an intro, how to present the meat of your presentation, how to deal with questions. And then at the end, we did a little bit of ad-libbing and gave you uh, a hint on what to do for preparation and, and making sure you present well. Um, so tune in again. We'll be coming back to you guys in two weeks. All right. Thank you. Intangibles out. <laughs>